Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. We roll with the top stories of the day, we do it at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show, a little number we call the 4 o'clock reset, and of course the biggest story of the day today, the Cardinals introducing their new general manager, Monty Ossenfort, formerly the director of personnel for the Titans. I'm from a small town in Minnesota. Two stoplights. The fact that I'm here sitting before you, I sometimes have to pinch myself and wake up. This is unbelievable, and I can't wait to take this next step with you guys. Michael Bidwell? He said everything in the football operation is going to be geared toward and aimed at winning football games. (laughs) And that's speaking my language. I think it's speaking the language of our fans. Yeah, it seems like he he won the press conference. Everything he talked about with putting ego aside and holding people accountable and building the right scouting, getting the right player, right? Not just a talented player, but the right player that's going to fit the Cardinal way. Everything he said was exactly what we all wanted to hear. The line that got everybody's attention. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process to find the right players for this team. We are not just collecting talent. We're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. Felt very deliberate, you know, to make sure, got to get that line in there. You know, he was kind of reading off a piece of paper or at least some notes that he was kind of looking at, not reading off of them, but certainly using them as a, and that felt like a very deliberate line to make sure that was delivered today. And it got people talking, man. I was following along on social media. Everybody reacted to the ego will not be tolerated. Uh, Listen, they did, Michael Bidwell did seven interviews, including three internal candidates, and Monty came away with the job. Yep. So, the coaching search is now next up on the agenda. Here's Monty Austin for it after the press conference. We're all going to be involved in this search. This is going to be a collaborative process. Michael and others in the organization have have names. I have names. We're all going to sit down and we're going to talk this year together and ultimately we're going to find the right head coach that that shares the vision well if michael has names i have names Mm -hmm. so now like that's the thing i'm into because we 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 know this we know some of the names is it going to be one of those guys or is there somebody else that he's has his head that he has had his eye on for a while yeah there's no doubt about that dark horse candidate Mm -hmm. for more on austin fort and the cardinals you can open up the arizona sports app there's all sorts of content there for you phoenix suns ended up their road trip with another disappointing loss the grizzlies thumped them in the second half yesterday 136 106 the final suns now 21 and 24 12th in the west not even in the play-in tournament jay williams of espn a very defeated tone about the suns and specifically DeAndre Eaton on Wolf and Luke today. Jeez, I have, I have a lot of emotions around it. Um, I think of a guy who is extremely talented. Um, I don't know if I think of a franchise guy. And the fact that, the fact that Wolf, I would tell you, I'm not sure, doesn't that kind of say something? Five rebounds yesterday for DeAndre Eaton. Terrible game. Five. Yeah. Shot well, but five rebounds. Yeah, and John Morant and Desmond Bain were on fire. Those two guys were just almost unstoppable. And Suns hung around for a while. But the the hard part for me was hearing Monty Williams after the game. It's almost like that's that's what we come to expect right now. Hey, they put forth a good effort. They tried really hard. They lost. But, you know, Monty after the game, like his soundbite was, you know, I really liked our effort. And, man, it's come to that. It's come to that. We're praising like, hey, we tried hard for a half. Like that's... 
See, they're without a lot of guys. I know it is what it is, and you just hope that these guys can get back soon. Real soon, because this thing's starting to slip and slide right out of view. They've lost 17 of their last 22 games, and as I mentioned, right now, season ends. They're not even in the play-in tournament. They're 12th in the West. Still just a little under half the season to go. Rumors from today's NBA. Yahoo's Jake Fisher noted Toronto has shown interest in bigs. He mentioned specifically Phoenix center DeAndre Eaton, and it's something that maybe you'll be able to chase tonight. Sham Sharania has loosely linked Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet to the Suns through free agency this summer. I know in the past that's a name that you've said is very unlikely for the Suns to pursue, but Shams has brought him up again. Yeah, and he's saying in the summer to pursue him? Yes, as a free agent this summer. Interesting. If you get off of Chris Paul and you save $15 million, I like Van Vliet. I mean, I do. I don't think they would trade for Van Vliet right now, but in the offseason maybe he's a guy they look at. Suns are back on the floor Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets. Huge wild card weekend in the NFL in chronological order. Okay. The 49ers beat the Seahawks 41-23. Terrific game at the half. Seattle was giving them everything they could until Brock Purdy got going in the second half and the 49ers rolled. Jags beat the Chargers 31-30. Third Twin. largest comeback in the history yeah. of the NFL postseason. Somebody needs to tell Al Michaels. I don't think he knows that yet. Down 27-0 after four interceptions in the first half. Three by Asante Samuel. But Trevor Lawrence bounced back, had a great second half. Bills beat the Dolphins 34-31. Josh Allen did not look good. The Bills did not look good. They scored like their first two times, and I thought they were going to blow them out. It was like 14-0 or something. But then Miami just kept coming back. The Bills made terrible mistakes, and Miami had the lead at one point. That fourth and one delay a game. My goodness. The Giants uh, beat the Vikings 31-24. Hello, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, who they did not pick up his fifth-year option, by the way. I know. And so he, he's going to be a free That's agent. He earned himself precarious. a lot of money. Yes, he just He did. was great. Saquon Barkley was great. Brian Dable's been a hell of a coach for the Giants. They got their first win in the playoffs since Eli won a Super Bowl game against Tom Brady. Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17. Well, and that was a terrific game. But the play of the game, the Ravens, Ravens are about to go in. They're at the one-yard line. Huntley tries to go up and go over. Instead, it gets the, tipped into Hubbard's hand. He runs all the way down for a touchdown. And Cincinnati shocks the world and wins the game. Cowboys beat the Buccaneers 31-14. Beat the hell out of them. Yes, I mean, it was did. the most uncompetitive game out of all the playoff no games. Doubt. Coaching news, the Chargers did not fire head coach Brandon Staley. They did fire offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and quarterbacks coach Shane Day. This means one less opening for Sean Payton to consider. An interesting team name was not mentioned when he was on the herd with Colin Cowherd yesterday. I've talked with a few teams. Mm-hmm. That's that's just done through permission with the Saints. Um, but I think this week would be... Yeah, it would be Houston, um, Denver, uh, later in the week, Carolina. Do you go there? Um, in, in, in some cases, depending on schedules, they'll come here or... In other cases, Zoom. I might go there. And- Cardinal fans are quick to note he didn't mention the Cardinals, but no. then Colin kind of cut him off before he could. But those are the three that he mentioned. And he has already completed his interview with the Houston Texans. That and came said down he would last definitely night. take that. That's I think that's a really good job. Yeah. You know, you look at the ownership situations and try to figure out where he, where he may best fit. But I imagine now that he can officially start doing interviews, this is going to happen very quickly. Ohio State Junior. Oh, by the way, also news from the NFL. This just came down. The Titans are hiring 49ers Director of Pro Personnel Rand Carthon as their new general manager. That news just coming down from Jeff Darlington and Diana Russini of ESPN. Also, Dan Quinn, he is going to interview with the Indianapolis Colts for their head coaching job. The Cowboys yeah, I liked, him as a, I liked him as a head coach. So, so I would, I'd be totally for him getting another opportunity. Uh, CJ, Ohio CJ State Stroud. Junior, CJ Stroud announced he's declaring for the NFL draft, maybe making that Cardinals third over, overall pick. 
pick even more valuable than it was before. Totally expected. I mean, you're not going to pass up the chance to have $35 million guaranteed. So he is coming into the NFL. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh says he will return in 2023 to Michigan. Yeah, I think he flirted with the NFL, but I think everybody, all indications were he was going to go back to Michigan. Second straight year, he kind of flirted with the NFL. I wonder how many more of those he likes he flirting. Has in him. Apparently he does. Yes, he likes to flirt. Big weekend for ASU men's basketball, dominating Oregon and then having a 16-point comeback against Oregon State. Des Cambridge won Pac-12 Player of the Week. ASU got the third most votes of teams that were not in the top 25 in this week's poll, and they've got a big game hosting number 5 UCLA in Tempe on Thursday. Yeah, and Joe Lenardi, and I was looking at the bracketology as I start to focus on this right now, he has ASU as one of the last four in. So he went from being out until now they're one of the last four in the NCAA tournament. U of A has lost two of their last three. It dropped to number 11 in the polls. We don't have to talk about that. (laughs) We don't now. Now they're losing. We don't have to mention that at all. We have to talk about them when they're winning, but when they're losing, that's okay. We can talk about something else. And the Coyotes back at Mullet Arena tonight. They host the Red Wings at 7 o'clock. 1-17, baby. Arizona professional sports teams opened up 2023. We've had 18 pro sports games. We have one win. We are 1-17 to start the season in Arizona. Oh, no! We suck. Nobody's worse than us. We suck again. I was just trying to cut off the again because we just suck. Oh, okay. I got what you were trying to do. Uh, the Coyotes have lost Try it again, Mitch. Try it again. Let me see if you can get it right. Try it again. Oh, no! We suck There you go. It's better. It's better. It's closer. Closer. <laughs> One in 17. That's your four o'clock reset. Pick your level of Metallica. Single day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Two nights. Two different sets, no repeat weekends. Night one with Pantera on September 1st. Night two with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. The Cardinals, meanwhile, have found their new GM. What do Gambo and I think of Monty Austin Fort? Well, we'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to focus on a completely unified message across the general manager, the head coach, and ownership to what exactly we want to be as a football organization. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process. We are going to turn over every stone to find the right players for this team. We are not just collecting talent. We're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. That is the voice of Monty Austin-Fort, the new general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. His hiring was announced yesterday. His introductory press conference was held today, this morning at 10 o'clock. Of course, you heard it live here on the flagship home of the Cardinals, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And while we've got just cut after cut after cut that we want to play for you of what Monty had to say and kind of what it means and what we think it means and reading between the lines, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, it, 
it feels like a good opportunity for us just to kind of share our thoughts. We were not on the air when this news broke yesterday. Right. It was MLK Day. Now, Mitch and Steve were on the air filling in for us as we were given the day off with the national holiday. So this news, it's an opportunity for us to kind of what went through our brains when we saw that Monty Austin Fort was going to be the guy, former director of yeah. personnel for the Tennessee Titans, basically grew up in the New England Patriots organization. Two things. The first thing, I was happy that Michael Bidwell decided to go outside the organization. And this is no knock on Quentin Harris, who we had on the show several times, or Adrian Wilson. Those guys are better suited going somewhere else. I think A-Dub may take like a year off or concentrate on his kids. I think he's got one kid, a couple of kids in college. and um, So I think he'll concentrate on that. But I think my first initial thought was, I'm glad they went outside the organization. The organization needs a new voice. It needs a new direction. It needs a new culture. It needs accountability. It needs somebody coming in from the outside that doesn't have any, you know, any thoughts about what's going on now, but just has a vision for what they want to do after being with successful organizations. And it can implement that, implement that. So my first thought was I was really happy that it was an external hire. Yep. No knock on the other guys, but I think they're better suited going somewhere else to make a name for themselves. Yeah, that was, uh, honestly, that was my first reaction, too, was that of all the boxes, and I, and I heard Bickley say this earlier, and he's absolutely right, of all the boxes to check, I felt like that was the most important one. And, and it's really, and, and that, that comes across as a knock on A-Dub, and that comes across as a knock on Quentin Harris. It's not meant to be. It's just, if any... If any wall needed a fresh coat of paint, it was this one, right? Like if any if any room of the house needed renovating, it was this one. It was if, if there was any area where you just needed to get somebody from outside the organization to bring in a fresh look and a fresh set of ideas and a different set of eyes, it was this one. So I was very, very glad the Cardinals decided to do that. It's hard, and I was thinking about this all day yesterday. It's hard to to judge. A general manager hire, in particular, so when that person's not been a general manager before. No, until that's why, like, you know, I had a lot of people, what do you think of the hire? I said, I'm reserving judgment until I hear him talk. Let me hear him talk. Now, I expected that we would hear a lot of the right things, and we did. We heard all of the right things, and what he wants to do with his vision and everything um, was exciting. It was exciting, holding guys accountable and no egos, egos, and, you know, we you know we want to get the right player, not just the most talented player, and all of the, the guy that's taping ankles is important, too, and, like, all of that stuff is great to hear. Now, easier said than done. You can yeah. say all these things. Now you got to go do it because you are dealing with – you know, 50 to 60, 70 when you throw in practice squads, guys who are all kind of their own CEO. Each player is their own individual CEO and they're, they're a business. Each player is a business mm-hmm. and they're trying to make capitalize on that and make as much money as they can. So to get everybody to work together is not the easiest thing, but it could absolutely be done as many teams show. And then the other thing I think that went through my mind was invariably you think about his time with the Patriots and no disrespect to his time with the Titans, but he was really only there for a couple of years. Mostly we think of him and we look at his resume and we see Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. And the first thing I thought of was, well, we know that the the track record of Patriot coaches to come out of that Belichick coaching tree, not so hot. I mean, it just hasn't worked out very well. It doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to hire them, you know, it's, but, but it hasn't worked out real super well. Um, 
I wondered about executives. You know, does that standard apply to executives who come under the Belichick tree? Because it's not just the Belichick coaching tree. It's the Belichick tree. I mean, that whole organization is his tree. You come out of the Patriots organization, you're basically learning under the Bill Belichick method. He talked about that he, quite he, a bit. He did a little bit, and I'll, I'll play that. I'll play that sound in a little bit. But here's a list. Albert Breer put out a list earlier today. GMs who ultimately became general managers who scouted for the Bill Belichick Patriots included Scott Pioli with the Chiefs. Thomas Dimitrov with the Falcons. Of course, he took that team yes. to the Super Bowl. They Pioli, lost. Pioli's done a great job. Uh, Jason Light with the Buccaneers. Um, John Robinson with the Titans. Bob Quinn with the Lions. Nick Casario with the Texans. Dave Ziegler with the Raiders. And now Monty Austin for it. That's about a list than the coaches. Better, I mean, Dimitrov took his team to it. Uh, Pioli's not with the Chiefs anymore. But Dimitrov took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Light won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. John Robinson had his team in the playoffs every year. It feels like a better list than the coaches who have come out of New England, right? Like, it just seems more of a recipe for success. That was kind of the other thing I thought of, too, you know, was to see how those guys do their job. No, yeah, Pioli was the GM for a few years in Kansas City. Then he was in Atlanta for a number of years. He was in Atlanta. So, but he's a guy that's had success. You know, he was at New England for a long time and then went to Kansas City as the GM, went to the Falcons for five years as as an assistant GM. He's part of three Super Bowls. That's a good name. So they've had, you know, they've had successful guys that have come from New England. But, you know, each guy is different. And I like that he said, I'll take a little bit of what I learned here and some of what I learned there. And then, but then I'm going to form my own, I'm going to have my own identity. I'm going to have my, it's going to be the Cardinals way. It's not New England South. Now, listen, if you hire Brian Flores, a lot of my people might say, okay, New England, New England. And man, there's nothing wrong. If you want to build it the New England way, I'm not totally against that. That organization has been tremendously successful for a long, long time. So um, you hire good people out of there. But I did like the fact that he's going to have his own twist. I think he said a twist. I'm going to have my own twist on, on, on all of these things that I've learned from other places. And then, of course, thoughts turn to the coach. And, and I agree with you in the moment. I thought, well, that seems like pretty bad news if you're thinking about Sean Payton because it just doesn't seem like, you know, it just doesn't seem like the right order to get Sean Payton. It feels like you'd have to hire him first and a GM second. And that by getting a GM that he really has no previous experience with, it doesn't completely rule out Sean Payton, but it kind of feels like that's not going to happen. And then, of course, the Brian Flores thing. And and, and I'd say even before Monty Austin Ford, and, and you know this because we did the show together last week when Flores' name came up. And as soon as that name kind of rose to the surface, I thought, okay, now there's a name to watch. There's a name to watch because he's had head coaching experience. He's had success as a head coach. He's a tough-minded, no-nonsense kind of guy, right? He's um, And now with the connection with him and Austin Fort from New England, and then you had that, you know, Albert Breer tweeting about it and Peter Schrager tweeting about it. Hey, say, whoa, man. He interviewed really well with the Cardinals back in 2018. They really, really liked him. They just yeah. felt like even then, before the Austin Fort fire, higher, I should say, that that there was momentum building for Brian Flores. And if that's indeed the direction, I, I'm telling you right now, Gamble, I wouldn't be disappointed in Brian Flores. Yeah, I think this, the he's a lot, you know, a lot of the, uh, he's the odds on favorite, I think now, because of the relationship with Monty Austin Ford. He did interview for the Cleveland, the Browns defensive coordinator job, but they ended up going with Jim Schwartz. Yep. So, you know, 
Um, Flores is is not going to he's not going to go there. So now the scenario you look at the Cardinals. You know they that could be a, a good situation because the familiarity. And if you're Monty Austin Ford, I do think you know that that's. That's one of the benefits to hiring somebody you know. I know this guy. You know right now whether you could work with him or not. You know right now whether you guys have the same philosophies or not. You know if he's a leader of men. You know if he can get the most out of guys. So you know that. So you could interview him, but you don't really need to. Yeah. You know. Now again, with with Monty Austin Ford, he said this. You know, Michael's got a list. Of, maybe I have my list. Uh, I have a list of guys. So maybe there's somebody that he wants to interview that we don't even know about. But th- Brian Flores is a good name. D'Amico Ryan's is a good name. Right now, it's kind of leaning towards they're going to hire a defensive guy, but we'll see. I mean, because there still could be a name out there that we don't even know about. Have you subscribed to the Burns and Gambo yes. Show podcast? I, I know you have. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. There was one statement from Monty Austin Fort that stood out to everyone, but what else from his press conference do you need to hear? We'll let you hear next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day, and then we're going to hear what Monty Austin Fort and Michael Bidwell both had to say about the hiring of Austin Fort as general manager. First, an update on the Twitter poll. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Taking the temperature of the Cardinals fans today. Are we finding optimism out there, Eric? Oh, we are, which is kind of weird to say. Oh, we are. It's strange because for the last couple of weeks, the heck for the last year, year plus, it's been nothing but bad news and pessimism. But halfway through the process of hiring a new general manager and a new head coach, how are you feeling about the state of the Cardinals? I gave you four options options. Option number one is you're thrilled. Option number two is you're optimistic, but cautiously. Option number three is you're still worried about the state of the cards. Option number four is you feel like it's hopeless. Cautiously cautiously optimistic. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. Just because he's different. He's new. He's, you know, had... Had it gone to Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris, and I, I feel bad saying this about both of those guys because they're both good guys, both good football guys. I just feel like they needed somebody outside the organization, and just for that fact alone, I'm cautiously optimistic that they went this direction. Yeah, totally. Yeah, seventy four point five percent. A large majority of Cardinals fans are cautiously optimistic about the state of the organization going forward. In second place, eleven point three percent are worried. Eight point five percent are hopeless, 5.8% are thrilled. All right, that's the poll question. Hopeless romantics or just hopeless? <laughs> Probably both, if we're being honest. Probably. Yeah, if you're a hopeless Cardinal, romantics. If you're a Cardinals fan, it's it's hard not to be hopelessly romantic about their chances of Hopelessly devoted of to you? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Monty Austin Fort today, this morning at 10 a.m., had a press conference. Uh, lasted about 40 minutes. We carried it here on Arizona Sports. And then afterwards did a kind of a media gathering with reporters who were there. Our own Tyler Drake was there as part of it, of course as you would expect. And, and there's a lot to parse from this. Um, I, I'll play the money cut here in a minute, but a lot of it, too, was just about taking what he learned in New England and sort of applying it here while putting his own spin on it. To Coach Belichick, every day going to work was a master class education of how to build a football roster and how to build a winning organization. 
There are core beliefs that I believe that I will take from there as I will take from every stop, step along my way that I, I plan to bring here and put my own spin on it and make it the Cardinal way. But then talked about what he learned from the Patriots. I think the big thing on that is a complete organizational alignment in what exactly it is that we're trying to do. And that, that goes through all levels of football operations. Um, that's a clear definition of not only what we're looking for in players, but what we're looking for in staff, what is asked of each individual person, what their role contributes to us winning games. And that permeates all levels of the organization. If your job is to catch touchdown passes or if your job is to tape ankles or to scout players or to prepare the food uh it's it's every job is important and getting everybody on the same page moving in those directions moving in that direction is the key of what i believe was a huge part of those successful new england teams no, all that stuff is great he really didn't get into a breakdown of you know what i want in a coach and what what my philosophy is on offense Spoken and very general and terms today. Very here's what general. I think our identity will be. I want to have an identity of, you know, he didn't talk about that. So I think he's saving that for because it may depend on the coach, you know, may depend on the coaching hire. So he didn't get into how he's going to build the team, the identity and stuff like that. Now, this is a this. I always thought that this was an attractive job because of that, that that third pick overall. Um, there's some good players here. I don't think that this was a bad job. I don't think it was the best job, but I don't think it was a bad job. And, you know, you you, you come in, you've got the third overall pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. You could take a great player or you could turn that into a plethora of picks to kind of set your style. I think he talked about how, and this is why I think that he would probably trade the pick. He talked about how it's not a short-term fix. This is not a short-term fix. He talked about, like, you know, building it. Um, that would kind of lead you to believe that he'll entertain every option to trade that pick if it's going to bring him back a whole lot of other picks. Yeah, you would you would think so, um, that he would certainly entertain whatever it would take in that regard. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to that synergy that he's looking for, man, I, I hear those words, and they're good words, but they are just words. We've got to see them applied into action. And I really think about the early days of B.A., Steve, and Michael. You know, where it it seemed like that was at its peak. That's what the three of them were when it was really working, when it was really humming. Everybody was staying in their lane, but everybody was synergistically kind of on the same page and working with each other to build the roster together. I think they really got away from that the last couple of years, drafting players that coaches didn't want to play, that coaches didn't feel like were ready to play. Oh, my God, you're si- so right. Signing players that never saw the field. I, I mean, right? Like, Boy, like, that is exa- – that is a – I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And, and that's – a disconnect between the what the front office was doing and what the coach. I'm going to draft this player. I'm not going to play him. Right. I'm going to draft this player, and he's going to be a day one starter, and he doesn't play. Yep. And then the guy, you know, the guy who's told you're not going to play anymore, he's the starter. And Jordan X is like, you know, you draft a tight end, he's going to be great, and he doesn't play. It's just, man, it just got to a point where it's like we really did question that. Like, is there? Like, are you guys communicating? It, it felt are like you the, guys on the same page. I here? know the lines of communication had not been severed, but man, they felt like at times, like the, to your point, are you guys even talking to each other? I mean, do, do you know, you know, because it, it just felt like synergistically they were not organizationally on the same page when it came to drafted players. You got to draft. You have for players. You, you know, you have to play the play. You have to play the first and second round draft picks. Like they have to play. 
Like that's the you have to play. Mm-hmm. Like you can't draft the guy and he, the coach doesn't play him. Like you've got to draft a player that you believe in and the coach believes in. And developing those players. It just seemed like the Cardinals were always a year behind on developing some of those guys. All right. There were a couple other things that that came out of the press conference. And and obviously no more so than what we call the money cut from Monty Austin. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process to find the right players for this team. We're not just collecting talent. We're going to build a team. We're going to look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are going to look for focused driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. And it was that line that got everybody's attention, and we're going to take a deep dive into that line coming up in the show because obviously that's the one that everybody kind of snapped at attention to when they immediately thought about Kyler Murray and and, and that sort of thing. Later, he, he talked, as everybody does over there, and as rightfully so, he deserves it glowingly about Buda Baker. I was with the Patriots at the time, and Buda came in. We interviewed Buda at the Combine for our 20-minute interview. And after the end of that 20-minute interview, uh, I think I was ready to run through a brick wall for Buda Baker. And I just relayed that story to him. And Buda Baker, along and, and there's other leaders on this team as well, but Buda, Buda Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be, and I am excited to be on a team with him. Great. Now go find 52 just right. like him. <laughs> go, go, go find me 52 Buda Bakers to go along no, with Buda ex- Baker. We'll be good to go. They don't exist. That's a, it's rare. They know that type of player is rare. Everybody cares to a certain uh, level, and everybody wants to win, but then there's a different level, and that's that's a Buda Baker level. I'll just make him the player coach. He'll be fine. I'm going to... Player, player. I've just hired Buda Baker to be the head coach. Everybody will run through a wall for him. Um, but maybe you want that. Maybe you want that in a coach. You know what he's saying about Buda? That, you know, you want that in a coach. You want to. You want a coach that the players will run through a wall for. You want a, a coach that the players believe in and his message gets across because that's the most important thing. You can't have the message run dry. Yeah. Is this it for Tom Brady? And if it's not, well, then what for Tom Brady? That's next. Burns and Gambo. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort and you guys got a tough job and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support and um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be and thank you everybody for welcoming me, all you regulars and um just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate you it. know who talking about you know what after last night's loss by the Bucks to the Dallas Cowboys. A line, Gambo, in a game recap that I read this morning really stuck out to me so much so I wrote it down in my notes here. Quote, at this point, it would be more surprising if he retired than if he kept playing. That Do we have a bet on this? No, we don't, do we? I don't. Mitch is checking. I don't, I don't think we have a bet on this. I don't this believe one. we have a bet on this. I now owe you a lunch, and I owe you a coffee drink. 
Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm in the I'm in the red, so to speak. I, and, I did win the easiest bet I've ever won off of you. Yes, it was the by far my easiest bet that I've I, ever. Have won. Have you noticed I'm trying to shift the conversation away from the bet into Tom Brady? Yes, because okay. I might be tired of hearing about. How fact, you, I mentioned it once at the beginning of the show. I mentioned it. Oh my it since god! Then. You said it like five times over and over and over again. I, at the beginning I say of the everything show. five times over. Yeah, and over. I, my I, wife I, who said, "Why do you keep repeating yourself?" I don't. Know, I just do that. I, I, I know. So yeah, we, I owe you lunch. You're, I think Tom Brady's going to pull. No bet. There is a bet. What's the bet? So on October 28th, the verbiage in the official Burns and Gambo lunch bets handbook says, this is the end for Tom Brady slash he will play one more year. Gambo, you think he's got one more. Burnsy, you think this is it. God, I wish I could do that one again. Oh, I think he's playing. I wish I could do that one again. I think he's playing. Oh, man. I have one that both of you might want to – well, one of you might want to do again. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals will draft an O-lineman with their original draft pick. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, they could trade the pick and draft an offensive lineman. They could, but I've got that they're not taking an O-lineman, correct? Yeah, but it's yeah. got to be the original draft pick. It's, That's the key. If, okay. it, if the pick gets traded, all bets are off. I remember yes. that. Yeah. If it gets okay. traded, all bets are off. But if they stay at number at three. At this point right now, I'm rooting for a trade to win yes. that bet. Because if they stay at number three. I am not winning that Ain't bet. no offensive lineman going at number three to the Arizona right, Cardinals. So, say that right now. But there's, there's a lot of options for Brady. Yes, there There's are. a lot of options. You could go to Miami. You could go to Washington. You could go to the Jets. You could go to the Raiders. Go to could the you Niners, go to, depending on what happens. I don't know. Man, I don't know. This Brock Purdy guy looks pretty damn good. I, I, I know. I, I was watching that game, <laughs> I and I was I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I know everyone just wants to connect the dots between Brady and San Francisco. Man, Brock Purdy's killing I it might right tra- now. I might trade Trey Lance with the way this kid's – like, he's good. Like, he's good. Mm-hmm. Now – I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be a game coming up, and maybe he falters against the Cowboys, and you know, and then falls flat on his face. I don't know, but he's looked pretty good to me. He has. He they has. might have something there, but still, I mean, you had a chance to win Tom, to get Tom Brady for a year. I think he'll play. Could he go to the Titans? There's just a lot of options. Could he go to the Saints? Could he go back to New England? Like. There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. So I think Tom Brady will play one more year. I don't know where, but I think he'll play. Look, if I could go back and redo that bet, I would redo it. I, I still, I'm okay enough with it to say let it ride. Because I, I tell you right now, you watched the game, so did I. And my first thoughts watching those games last night, one, I owe Gambo lunch. And he's going to rub this one on my face for a while because this one was so emphatic. And number two, Tom Brady looks like hell. He, I mean, he really does. He's he he can't throw from me to you accurately. It seems like anymore. I mean, we can talk about not having a running game, and we can talk about not having time to throw. Look at his numbers. My, this year, oh, he threw like sixty six times last night. Yeah, he had three hundred and forty whatever yards. But now look I, at his numbers overall for the season. Like the numbers were good. The numbers were good, but it it, it it doesn't feel like he can throw the ball down the field anymore with any kind of accuracy. Everything is dink, 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 dink. And it just doesn't seem like he's got any confidence in his ability to throw anymore. I get it. The, the raw stats look good. He just throws the ball so many times. He's going to get raw stats that look pretty good. If you watch him play, mm-hmm. he just doesn't look like at all like himself when he's out there playing. He's not a top five quarterback in the NFL no, anymore. No, no. But is he, is he top ten? I don't think it's a guarantee that he goes somewhere. And he instantly transforms them into a contender. Oh, I agree with that. I, I think, I, those, I agree I think that, that. that's gone for Tom Brady. But if you're a team, like, do you take the chance? He went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. 
Do you take the chance if you're one player away to get Tom Brady? Depends on how expensive the chance is. I, he hasn't thrown a red zone interception since yesterday. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. That's good. That's good. I just, I think, like, stats can tell whatever story you want them to tell. I believe for you, that. I do right? believe that, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, while it's important and analytics are important, there's also a little bit old eye test going on. Man, I thought Tom Brady failed that eye test last night. I didn't think he looked good at all. He looked like a quarterback who should retire. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to win a lunch. Tom Brady looked like a quarterback who should walk away from the game. You did text me and say he looks terrible. At one point last night, you were like, Tom Brady looks awful. Looks awful. He, he couldn't. I mean, it was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. He couldn't throw it with any kind of accuracy, and everything was three. It, it was. so. He maybe, did have that one pass to Mike Evans down the sidelines that he just missed. It would have been a bomb yeah. by one inch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So we'll, I just I think there's too many teams that have bad quarterbacks and that he would be better than what the Titans have and what the Saints have and what the Raiders have and what the Jets have and what the the Commanders have. There's a lot of teams that he would he would be an upgrade for You're them. probably right. I, I'm, I'm just basing my opinion off of what I saw last night and what I've seen yeah. out of him uh, playing. Um, if we're going to talk quarterbacks, I think we have to talk about Daniel Jones and I think we have to talk about Kirk Cousins. Okay, let's do it. Because they both kind of had their moments, right, um, in that game on Sunday afternoon. For Daniel Jones, everything anybody ever thought he could be when they drafted him uh, and for Kirk Cousins like par for the course right that's the Kirk Cousins problem right there on that fourth yeah. and eight there are certain quarterbacks that can only take you so far we've talked about the you know a Jake Cutler or a Philip Rivers or many many quarterbacks over the years they're only going to take you so far and it does feel like Kirk Cousins is that type of quarterback you're not going to go you know he'll win your games and like a lot of people were bashing Kirk Cousins and I get it they did win 13 football games they won the division they won 13 games he's not a bad quarterback he's not a bad quarterback but it's just you just feel like like that's not the guy that's going to win you see the thing is you've got to have a guy that can win you three games in a row in the playoffs can you get that guy can you get the guy that's going to win you you know three or four games in a row depending on if you have a, a buy or not I don't think Kirk Cousins is the type of guy that can win you three or four games in a row against good football teams in the playoffs I don't think he's that guy. I think Patrick Mahomes can do it. I think Josh Allen could do it. I think Joe Burrow could do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think Kirk Cousins could do it. Now, I don't know if Daniel Jones could do it or not. He looked awfully good in that game. He, he looked really, really, not only the passing, but he ran so many times. Yeah. Uh, would take off and for big runs. So he was, he did a really great job for the Giants. Even the moxie that he had on that Statue of Liberty play. I mean, even though it only yeah. gained like three yards, yeah. God, it looked so pretty, right? I, I mean, Daniel Jones was, was I, I mean, look, same quarterback class as Kyler. And, and you think about, Kyler's playoff debut, and you contrast it to Daniel Jones' playoff debut. Oh, my goodness. Right? I, I, and, and I was watching that game thinking, that's all I could think about. Was this time a year ago, Kyler, same draft class, picked six spots higher than Daniel Jones, was making his playoff debut, and we were astounded how bad he looked in that game. And here we are a year later, Daniel Jones, a quarterback that his own team thought so less of, they didn't even extend him that fifth-year nope, option on his made contract. made a lot of money, though. And he comes out. And he looks like he looked like low calorie Josh Allen. He yeah. He he looked like Josh Allen Jr. in that game with his ability to run, his ability to throw, his ability to commit. He looked. I, 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 story of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, is how well he played because that that version of quarterback 
That's a team that might be able to go to Philly and beat the Eagles. If he plays like that and they defend like that and Saquon Barkley runs like that, that team can absolutely beat Philadelphia this week. I'm a a Giants fan. I don't know the the, the exact year. They haven't won there in a long time. They haven't won in Philly in forever. The Cowboys hadn't beaten Tom Brady in forever. Hadn't won on the road. No, they These tried, are all facts you reminded me of they, earlier today. They, listen, they trust Daniel Jones. I mean, you know, big fourth down play, fourth and one. He gets two yards on a quarterback sneak. You know, that was, you know, that was big. And then, uh, you know, another fourth and one. They, you know, he he gets the he gets the yard. So they trust him on those plays. He took a little bit of a beating in that game, mm-hmm. but he was very very good. And yeah, now people will believe that the Giants have a chance to go there, especially if Fields and he, I mean Hurts. I always say if Hurts is still hurt, right, with that shoulder. Yeah. If he's affected by that, that could really play into the Giants' hands. When we come back, the focus of the NFL world this morning was on the Arizona Cardinals, and there's a very good reason why. If you haven't heard what Monty Austin Ford had to say, you will. Next, Burns and Gambo.